This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're listening to The Property Show on The Morning Run, and I'm Philip C. On today's Property Show, we are in conversation with Tyson Yuck, Group Director at PropNext Realty Singapore, as we get his perspective on how one should look at real estate as part of your overall investment strategy and how it can help optimise your portfolio. Tyson, you are actually a portfolio manager in the sphere of property. How do you advise your customers' property as a function of their overall portfolio then? Most of my clients are very uh, conservative. That's that's why they, they pick real estate in, in Singapore. I think they have positioned quite big uh, allocation to, to real estate. In fact, the gearing late, uh, ratio is very low. Most of them actually fully pick uh, real estate. I mean, that, that is how conservative they are. And they are, as, as what are the, one of the key points is that because real estate is not just a home investment, it's, it's a legacy they are, they are looking to you know, pass by generation. In fact, most of them don't really sell their property. I mean, irregardless how much you know, appreciation. So they are actually keeping it for long term. So my role is to actually manage it so that you know the property will enhance uh, of a better uh, value over the years. Yeah, but it sounds like they accumulate properties, right? And it is really for legacy planning. Uh, really not even for to stay in the home or to provide shelter. But I wonder whether, you know, when, when I hear you about your customers, they seem to be very high net worth individuals with spare cash, ample cash, right? What what do you advise for those, you know, kind of in the middle range, middle upper income range where, you know, they will probably need to gear up a bit? What's your typical advice for them when it comes to property in their overall financial portfolio? The most important, I would say that cash flow. I, I personally think that for people to advise in terms of property investment, only only look at capital appreciation is a bit irresponsible. So for me, I will always emphasize on cash flow. That is the key fundamentals to read. When we look at cash flow, do not look at the initial you. We look at the uh, long-term you. For, for instance, when we look at, very often investors look at property in the uh, uh, rental you at the current market. But the thing is that when you purchase a property with a good yield, the price premium is actually factored into it. So what we actually want to look at is that a rental probably is secure a long time ago under rental market and we negotiate for a low entry price. But in the longer term future, we have a good potential to increase the rental yield. And secondly, beware of a balloon rental. So that, that voice down to knowledge. You know, you, you need to have a very good knowledge and the fingertip. You know, what is the rental in the surrounding uh, at the asset class so that one will not be overpaying. As long as you do not overpay property investment, you are safe. That's a big challenge, isn't it? Defining what is overpaid. We don't know <laughs> what it is. And the problem <laughs> here is that the market as we all no, right? It's not efficient. It's also not transparent. How do we know whether we are overpaying or underpaying in a transaction? Voice down to cash flow. You know, for, for instance, if, if someone is to buy into a property, let's say at the current yield of 1.5%, and I mean, the market rate is about 3%, let's say, but if you buy into 1.5% and there's no further upside uh, to the rental yield in the mid term, then I would say that it's uh, overpaying because uh, for a property to pick up the price, the renter must actually follow. Okay. Secondly, we will need to look at the transactions in the surrounding. 
and making a comparison, not within the same area, but of a similar type. So I would say that this, it actually requires not only knowledge, experience. I mean, some will say that, you know, it's a, a gut feel, but the gut feel actually comes from knowledge and experience. Then, you know, by by making, you know, the, the gut feel into making a right investment. So getting the right advice, critical as well. That's a big challenge, isn't it? Because we always kind of think it has to be a science, but it is in essence, a bit of an art as well. But it has to be correlated and interconnected, isn't it? The science must guide the art in how we use our gut feel. Um, when you look at the investments now, because we are in such a volatile environment, isn't it, with respect to uncertainties of our macro environment, how accurate is historical data in helping us shape future decision-making in informing our gut instinct then? In terms of the decision-making, uh, historical data, I, in my opinion, will account for one-third of the decision. Because, what, of course, we, we, we take in reference of the historical data to, to foresee what will happen. But in the recent event, I mean, what, what has happened in the last 50 years, uh, what the, the event happened is that uh, most of us never come across. But it, in the long, longer-term his, uh, history of 500 years, it actually happened before. So I would say that we, we can actually analyze the historical data, but you know, I would I would put a weightage of 30%. The other 30% is more of the market sentiment. You see, property market, from what I see, is that it's driven by euphoria. I mean, to be very frank, sometimes it, it doesn't make sense, you know, when the, a, a new launch, people are chasing it. So we got to aware of the euphoric and the noise uh, so that, you know, not, not to affect our decision. So then the 40% still come down to the fundamentals, you know, managing the cash flow. Scenario, we have made a wrong decision. Are we able to hold the property for the next five years, two, three years? So the fundamentals really come into the very critical uh, decision. Uh, let's build on that topic of euphoria. We are coming out of the pandemic. You know, markets are opening recovery. I just saw on the headlines, Australia's property prices have surged nearly 24%. We're seeing that similar trend happening across the world as well. The whole world is in an euphoria, isn't it, with respect to property development? How do you pick and decide what is really substantially credible investment that, you know, will stand the test of time versus trying to ride this bubble, perhaps? That will voice down to one of my key messages. Uh, do not time the market for real estate investment. Well, the euphoric can be two two ways. I mean, I, I learned it very uh, the hard way. You know, not to time the market. The first instance is that uh, during the Lehman Brothers crisis, mm. everyone is expecting the market to be a U recovery or L recovery. You know, my colleagues, even myself, we sold the mark, our property, look, and we are looking to buy back at a lower price. But two months after I sold the property, I had a very strong weird feeling. My handphone start ringing. I, I start to get inquiries. That's whereby I start. I quickly go and pick up a property. And, and what happened is that within the next three months, the property price picked up by at least 30%. And a lot who timed the market couldn't buy back. And what happened during the COVID two years ago, same situation, everyone's expecting this COVID will be very bad. Market will crash. It will be worse than the uh, SARS sell and buy back later. You know, that, that is the time when, I mean, who, who, who will expect the crude oil will go below $0? Yeah. 
you know, if you are to time the market during that point of time, you, you will not be able to buy back. I mean, some of my clients actually say that, oh, they missed the opportunity. I mean, last year, two years ago, they should have buy that because they timed the market. When we talk about the euphoria, I mean, everyone is buying. It still boils down to the fundamentals. If you, if you are buying a, a property and the rental is uh, not able to cover the interest, then it's, uh, it's, it's a big risk. Uh, and so, we need hmm. to factor in the, the interest rate hike. Yeah. yeah, so this is a big problem, isn't it? You know, you gave the example of, you know, at the height, at the initial start of the pandemic, when quite a, a big fear, right? Huge fear coming through with oil close to zero. We're now in the exact opposite scenario. We are in that scenario where interest rate hikes are inevitable and happening. You know, your advice about not following the timing of the market, do you think people will really take that into account <laughs> in view of such volatility and such frothiness taking place now? Most people will be affected by emotions, uh, the noise and fundamentals. I mean, noise and euphoric. So a lot of people will, will have uh, the fear of missing out feeling. You know? mm, people are buying or oh, I, I get missing out. But that, that is not the best time to buy. But uh, when we talk about property investment, uh, it's actually a wide diversity of different segments. You know, what when there's a, not a good time to, to invest in residential, doesn't mean that, you know, it, it's not a good time to invest in the commercial. In fact, we talk about Singapore. When the cooling measures came into place uh, for residential property, the price and demand for the commercial property actually picked up because commercial property is not affected by cooling measures. And the money and the investment will need to channel into a certain asset. So I mean that so we, we look at the uh, trend and situation to, to make decision. That's a key thing. So uh, expecting very high price is is getting more difficult to negotiate. Uh, a, a good value buy. Today, I'm in conversation with Tyson Yuck, Group Director at Propnext Realty Singapore. We'll be back with more after these messages. Stay with us, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to The Property Show on The Morning Run. I'm Philip C. And with me today is Tyson Yuck, Group Director at Propnext Realty Singapore. On what are the right strategies to take to optimise your real estate investments in your portfolio in these incredibly volatile times? And so like yeah. with equity markets really under a lot of pressure, past few weeks and months ahead as a result of the Russian-Ukraine conflict. I wonder if many investors think of property as a safe haven, similar to gold or similar to US dollar. That it's something tangible. And do you get a sense that they think of property investment as a safe haven on a broader generalization scale before we go into the specific sub-segments of property which could be safe haven? At this kind of uncertain times, they will be looking at asset class that holds in values and property is, is one of that, mm. especially when they come into the, the commercial, uh, let's say we talk about the uh, shop houses in Singapore, the conservation, there's a limited supply. Of what is built 200 years ago, let's say there's a 500, yeah. five of them. It's finite, them. right? It's finite supply. Yeah. So there's there's actually growing interest to invest in, in such asset class, even though the yield is very low, but I, I'm seeing that, I mean, the investors coming into to make purchase at a very long-term plan. Yeah, because essentially what your your customers do is that they, they are not geared at all. They will hold the asset for as long as possible, isn't it? And even pass it on to the next generation per se. They don't really yeah. think about flipping it anytime soon. So what's your advice to those who really view property investment as the latter, which is like, I buy it, I want to flip it in three, five years' time. Now it's not a good time to do that kind of strategy, isn't it? No, I wouldn't 
I, I wouldn't advocate flipping of property. Yeah. So when you come into a, a property and investment, well, as long we if you invest uh, with a right mind of a cash flow planning in the fundamentals, but what comes up if the property increase uh, uh, in value two years, three years, you want to flip it, that, that's a bonus. We always make a reservation that we, we will not be able to flip it for the next five years. If you tell me about someone with a prop portfolio already, perhaps they've started off, they've invested in, let's say, a residential portfolio, right? What's your typical advice to your customers, right? Do you ask them to deepen further and like, focus more on residential or would you encourage a diversification of their res- of their property portfolio? At what point do you say diversification is important or focus is with respect to property in their overall portfolio? For real estate, I mean, in my own opinion, I would go, go more focused than rather than diversified. Of course, diversified is always the best best strategy to mediate, uh, mitigate the risk. But I believe that if one is good enough, understand the market at the fingertips, we will, we will focus on it. So far, um, I would say that 10 out of 10, the cost that we have made have not depreciated that any value at all. Yeah. And I guess then the bigger question also then is rising inflation. How, how does one consider inflation when they look at property investments? Yeah, because we talked earlier about yield, but that's nominal yield, isn't it? Not real yield. So how, how do you factor in inflation then when it comes to return on investment for your property? when it's really increasing? Well, okay, when we talk about inflation, uh, I think the, the main two causes of uh, inflation, one, we are talking about demand pool. When there's too much, when the demand of the uh, goods exceeded the production capacity and, and there's a lot of uh, extra money going to too few goods, so the price increase. Uh, the other factor we are looking at is uh, um, cost push, a sudden increase of the raw material due to unforeseen event like, like the Ukraine event. And that spark up the, the crude oil uh, uh, prices. So as such, okay, the raw material will, will increase. So ultimately, it will lead to a higher construction for real estate. Yeah. So ineffectively, the, the, the price of the real estate have to go up. Okay. The rental will actually follow. So if you talk about correlations between inflation and property is not a direct, but inflation will actually trigger uh, a price of increase in real estate. And rental. So is it an effective hedge against inflation then, property investment? In view that there is some correlation but causality, isn't it? That yes. higher inflation will cause higher property prices. Do you think property pr- investments are a natural hedge against inflation? Yes, certainly. I, To me, I am a 100% believer that uh, property is one of the best hedge against inflation, provided you don't overpay. In, if you invest it in the uh, at the back of your mind, cash flow and a good fundamentals is it is always a good hedge. All property, or are there certain subclasses which are better hedges? Uh, property, uh, in general. Property in general. So, but when you when you think about your customers now, right, investing, are there any specific classes or segments in Singapore, perhaps, or even in around the region that are very interesting or worth looking at holistically now? As ninety five percent of my clients foreigners, so because of the recent cooling measures, okay, there's a there's a, a better interest in commercial real estate investment. Hmm. But of course, there are 
I've seen some of them, they have built a, a quite a good uh, strong portfolio of commercial real estate, commercial real estate that they gave them a very good money return. Now they actually purchase a residential for own stay. That's the, the part to it. And why they actually like Singapore? I mean, speaking in their, their context is that um, because Singapore is very prone to inflation, we import almost everything, mm. 90%, more than 90% of the food, and we import inflation. But the advantage of the Sing dollar is that the government has the tool to strengthen Sing dollar against other currency to fight against inflation. So that's why I mean the some of me I mean the, my 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 Malaysian client I mean they they like to invest in Singapore because Sing dollar itself as an underlying currency currency is a good hedge. I wonder whether it's the reverse whether your Singapore clients are interested in Malaysian investments. Do you see that sentiment or are they a bit more wary of what's happening? here in Malaysia? Not that I have known. I have known quite a fair bit of friends that invested many years back. I mean, uh, when this, I mean, everyone is looking at the Iskandar. Um, the property value does increase, but when they factor in the currency, for, for instance, if you to invest it 10 years ago, uh, the exchange rate, $1 to a ringgit is 2.4. Now it's 3.1. So if 10 years ago, a Malaysian is to invest in Singapore, and the price of property remains stagnant. Well, you make money yeah, from the are, forex, yeah, but not necessarily but, uh, the case. You will yeah. see that. I mean, there's opportunity. I mean, I, I myself uh, studying uh, Malaysia property now. But if you ask your Singaporean clients, right, which overseas markets are very interesting for them for property investments at the moment? My my client base are ninety five percent foreigner. Yeah. So I I can't I can't speak on behalf of the Singapore investors. What I know. Uh, some of them looking at UK properties. Other than Singapore, I mean, uh, what I know is that they are looking at uh, UK properties because of the exchange rate for the pound has uh, dropped uh, quite a fair bit. Will there be a point where Singapore hits a certain saturation rate where then foreign investors will then look at adjacent markets like Malaysia, Indonesia and Thailand. At what tipping point do you think Singapore prices will become so overvalued that essentially there will be a spillover to neighbouring countries? So when we talk about um, the pricing, what caused the rise and fall of the property other than the demand supply, I would say that very importantly is the policy, the government policy, having a very stable government that actually manage the housing policy is very important. So I would say that I will see that, I mean, in Singapore for the next 10 to 20 years, I'm, I'm very uh, optimistic mm. because there they are stability. a lot of a transformation. You know, mm. the government has have got the many policy, you know, in the plan to attract foreigners, to attract uh, investors. And Singapore will be a very good key satellite you know, for technology uh, businesses coming in, and especially uh, in the post-COVID, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of um, investors coming in. In fact, um, the family offices set up in Singapore has doubled uh, last year. There's about 400 over family offices, up by 200 in the previous year. For someone who wants mm-hmm. to now invest in property in this day and age, in this day of huge volatility, what's your top three advice for those who want to invest in property now? Cash flow, always always uh, manage your cash flow well. Okay, but Invest in a longer term perspective. Do not have uh, the mind of uh, flipping. So secondly, do not time the market uh, looking to buy at a low 
low and sell on the high because you will never know you you may catch a falling knife so do not time the market and thirdly having a good knowledge uh, understanding of the market information is critical because i think that is the most important part you know having i mean doing your research before you actually make the decision to it. That's all the time for today's Property Show. Thank you for being on the show, Tyson. I've been speaking to Tyson Yuck, Group Director at PropNext Realty Singapore, over the investment strategy one takes in property investments in these times of extreme volatility. I'm Philip C, signing off for The Morning Run. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise, BFM 89.9. Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.